Welcome back to The Noble Broker. I'm your host, Jonathan Lickstein. On The Noble Broker, we speak with professionals and producers in the real estate industry, getting behind the curtain, opening those closed doors, and getting to know that professional or that producer or a combination thereof behind closed doors. What are they really like? What are their interests? And how are they growing as a human being? And how are they interacting with others as people? Because that's what we are. Uh, today, I have a professional and a producer, I'm going to call him, uh, Mr. Mayor Rex Hardin, the mayor of the city of Pompano Beach. Welcome, Rex. Thank you. Thank you, Jonathan. Glad to be here. Uh, I'm happy to have you. Uh, so going back, let's, let's first talk about your origin and, and how you got into politics. As a city of, the city of Pompano's mayor now, you deal with people all day, every day. And I'm sure you didn't grow up saying, I want to be the next mayor of Pompano. Uh, so what got you into politics? How did you start and, and why? Oh, yeah, you're right. No, it's, it, politics was not something I aspired to, although my dad, he was involved in politics. But that, that actually gave me a bad taste in my mouth when I was a little kid. Because, you know, going out to you know, parking lots and putting flyers on people's windshields, that wasn't fun as a kid. Um, but as I grew up and I, you know, got involved in the community and I'm a business person, I joined the Rotary Club and so on and so forth. And you start to people start to talk with you and and they have questions about what's going on. So I started interacting with the city commissioner at that time for my area in Pompano Beach, and and she had been there for a long time and was an experienced politician, and everybody looked up to that person and. You know, I just uh, I called her and asked her some questions about a project that was going on in the city of Pompano Beach because people people had a bunch of uh, a bunch of rumors that there was going to be oh no some low income housing going in right next to our homes, and so I said well, look let's let's just call the city commissioner. So I called the city commissioner and and her response was that well yeah I heard that too, and right then a light went off in my head and I said wait a minute that's that, that's not. That's not an acceptable answer from an elected official. Um, so that's really what kind of started everything right then. Um, but also at that point in time, the city of Pompano Beach was really, it was kind of run down and, and it was beaten up because I've been here since 1963. And I remember when the beach area, we had, you know, t-shirt shops and all kinds of, all kinds of touristy stuff down there. But back in 1998, when I first got, it, got started in politics, um, Pompano Beach was in a bad place. There were a lot of boarded up storefronts and the beach area was just desolate. Nobody went there anymore because there was nothing to do, and and it wasn't really the kind of place that I wanted to call my home. So I decided to run for office, and here we are, all these all these years later, and you know it's it's worked. It's it's funny hearing that it, there's so, there's something that triggered you, right? It yeah. was that experience with the city commissioner at the time, mm -hmm. who was more not so dismissive, but was more non non knowing of what was going on in the circumstances. Than you as as a kid was, yeah. And you walked in and said, "Oof, light light bulb going off." The people in these positions should be with the mindset of helping the people and knowing what's going on in their local community. Right. And I have found that is a big difference. Getting to know you, it's it's a big difference between career politicians and elected officials who are there for that reason, and and that's something that you've really put off. So you you have put off to others. You've put out to others is probably a better way to say yeah. that. Uh, so you started as a city commissioner. That was the start of Rex's yeah. uh, politi po political campaign or political career. Yes. Uh, in 2007 as a city commissioner yourself. Mm -hmm. So yeah. tell me about that experience. How did you interact differently than what had gotten you there in the first place? Oh, gosh. Well, um, 
once once you get into office, I mean, if, of course, when I when, when everybody thinks about, well, okay, you're an elected official, you can pretty much do anything, right? Um, no, that's not the case. That's once, not the case. That's a, Believe it or not. You have to cancel my aspirations. Then. <laughs> I know. It's a, people think once you get elected to office, you're like king. But no, that's not really the way our, our government works. And it shouldn't work that way. Um, it takes time to get things done. It takes planning. It takes First, it, it, it takes an idea. And then it takes you know consensus around that idea. And then it takes planning to figure out how is that idea going to be be moved forward into some real life and real life expectation. And then, of course, it takes dollars. We have to plan the dollars to get the, the whatever it is done. And all of that, it just takes forever in government, which as it should be, because it's taxpayer dollars we're dealing with, and that's that's treasure, you know, so, so we have to be very careful. But yeah, when you're first elected, you think, okay, well, I'm just going to, I'm going to change the world, by golly. And once you get elected, you realize pretty quickly, well, no, I'm not going to change the world that fast. And you really, you really have to uh, kind of Take a, take a deep deep swallow and just realize, okay, well, everything I said that I was going to do in, in my first term, I don't know what I'm going to tell the people because I can't get it done. There's just no way. So it's, it really is. It's a, very, it's, a, it's a tremendous learning experience when you first get elected to office um, in, in what it is to actually be an elected official and that you can't just do things. It's like I said, you're not king. At least in the city of Pompano Beach, we've got a, a, a strong city manager form of government. So the city manager is who really runs our city. Now, me as the mayor, I've, I've, you know, I'm head of policy and I run the meetings and things and head of the, head of the government, so to speak. But the city manager is, is still the person who actually implements everything that happens in the city. So, you know, I've got a great idea, but I still have to get the consensus of my commission behind me. And then I have to get, cooperate with my city manager to get things done. Has, so it's has your perspective changed? You you just mentioned you need your city commissioners, right? So you coming in as a city commissioner, has your perspective or your impression of the process changed from when you were a city commissioner rising through to now being the mayor of Pompano Beach and seeing it on the other side? How has your perspective changed from one role to the other? Well, yes. Um, being mayor, you have you have a greater impact on what does happen in the city. I still only have one vote uh, because it's the Pompano Beach City Commission is made up of six, six individuals. I am one of those six. Um, but as the mayor, I do have a little, little, little stronger influence in what happens in the city uh, because, of course, people defer to me because I am elected by the entire city. I'm not elected by an individual district, so I right. do represent the entire city. So yes, it has changed my perspective being the mayor as opposed to being a city commissioner. Um, in in, in one, one way in particular, when you're a city commissioner, you represent that district, okay? You're elected from that district. But so there, there is a certain amount of parochialism that takes place there where, okay, this is, I'm, I'm here working for my district. When I was a city commissioner, though, I still remembered that I am a city commissioner. I'm not just a district commissioner. I'm a city commissioner. So I always try to look at things from a larger perspective, even when I was just a commissioner. But when you're a mayor... Um, yeah, I, I have to really consider everybody's input and, every, and the impact what we do as a city commission has on all areas of the city. Um, it's not like I can just say, well, okay, I, I know that uh, the beach area, yeah, we want to make the beach area beautiful. Uh, forget every place else. No, that's not the way it works because I represent the entire city. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it is, it's eye-opening to have to, to take that step up, so to speak, to be the mayor now. And having been there for the last now... 2007, that's 15 years. Mm -hmm. After having been involved for the last 15 years, you've seen quite an evolution 
in the city of Pompano here. I mean, that's where we're sitting right now. And driving down the street, you had mentioned back in the, in the 60s when you first came in, this Pompano is not the same Pompano. <laughs> it's very different. Yeah. So what is your proudest project that you've worked on as part of the city commission or the mayor mm -hmm. that has helped Pompano become more of what it is today? Well, the, the, the current renaissance in, in Pompano Beach, really, that's what I'm most proud, proudest of. And that, that really has taken place in the, the most recent time, not, not just since I've been mayor, but, but, but prior to being mayor, um, that's when we really started to see a lot of things happening in Pompano Beach. But it took a lot of work in the early years to really kind of get that vision shaped and get it in, in start, starting down, down the right path. And now we're starting to really see the fruits of our labor. And yeah, I mean, you look at the beach area and that's, I mean, that's something to be proud of. I am very proud of it because now, instead of uh, people talking about Pompano Beach that, well, you know, we thought about moving there, but uh, we moved to Fort Lauderdale. Instead of that, now I've got people from outside of Pompano Beach, from out, across the county. Now they talk to me when they see me at other places throughout the county about, wow, you know, I, I go to Pompano Beach now. I used to go here or Del Rey or whatever, but no, it's, and it, it is, it, I'm, I'm extremely proud of what we have accomplished thus far. Yeah. And Pompano has made a place for itself on the map. That, yeah. that is, there's no debate on that one. Yeah. Instead of saying Fort Lauderdale and Pompano was a less costly alternative, there are now people who contact our office for Pompano directly. Yeah. They want, they're looking for Pompano because they've heard positive things. And so much of that is due to the CRA and everything you guys have done up and down this Atlantic Boulevard corridor. Yeah. And it started, as you said, it takes a long time. It started way back when. So when did the planning for CRA, the CRA and the redevelopment of all the store frontage, the beach area, when did that all start? So we can get an idea of timeline from idea and planning to having a true impact like it has today. Gosh. Um... I mean, honestly, it's. I mean, it's. It started back in the. Yeah, in like 1998. Wow. 2000 is when we, because yeah, we had plans on the drawing board to do, you know. Good things in in Pompano Beach back then, but it was there was a local paper, um, used to be called the Ledger, and they used to make fun of us. Yeah, it's local local to Pompano. This paper is local to, or it was local to Pompano. And they used to make fun of us because it's like, well, here's another another failed promise for for the the remake of Pompano Beach. Well, thinking that things happen overnight. Right. Yep. Exactly. Right. That's it. Exactly. That's it. Um, and you know why they, they they can't do it? Okay. The the politicians they failed again, and and this went on for years. So, but that, that gives you an idea of the the length of time it takes. But I mean, that's the but it also takes the political will. Um, I mean, the plans have been there for some time, but it takes political will to actually push those plans forward. And it takes some political hits along the way too. And people, you've got to be strong to be able to withstand some of those hits because change is difficult. Um, people don't like change. It's 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 natural. None of us like change. I don't care if it's the change of your community, it's change of uh, the, your, the color of your house at home. People don't like change. Um, they, they resist it because it's just it's not familiar. So yeah, until we can implement things and people can see that process is very difficult. And people oftentimes will say, well, no, we don't want that. But if you, if you, you, you need to build that consensus with enough people so that you can have an, enough critical mass that you can withstand some of those hits along the way because they're gonna come. Yep. And the, the people, um, and I can tell you, like the beach area, 
when we were when we were doing the beach area, doing the planning, the final planning stages for there, it was a lot of uh, a lot of angst because the parking on the street and people didn't because people live there too. Right. I mean, the, the beach area it is a residential area, really, when you think about it. Um, and there was a lot of give and take, but yeah, had we listened to every. Well, or had not, not listen, because we do, as an elected official, you do listen. I mean, believe it or not, people don't think so, but we really do listen. Uh, but had we acted on every single opposition that we, we encountered along the way, we never would have gotten that done. Never. It would not have happened. And that's, that's what really took place in the early years in Pompano Beach, when we first had these plans. Okay, the political will wasn't there. People just, no, it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, you've got 20 people show up at a city commission meeting and say they don't want it to, want this to happen. So, okay, well, we won't do it. In a situation like that, you get nowhere. And that's that's what happened in Pompano for many, many years. And that's unfortunate because uh, we, we missed a lot of opportunity that way. But we also had an opportunity, because we missed some of that, we had an opportunity to watch what other communities had done around us so we didn't make some of those same mistakes. I mean, it's, and so what Pompano's been doing, it, I, I think it's top-notch. We've got uh, excellent facilities. We, we have learned that we need to step things up, make it, make it more iconic. It's kind of like our, our beach parking garage. I mean, that's, you could have just built a plain garage, but no, we wanted something different for Pompano Beach. So, so we've got sails on it, it lights up at night, all this kind of stuff. So people can be proud of where they live and proud of what we are doing. So once we get through the hard times, and this, honest gosh, this, this happens, once we get through the hard times, people then walk up to you and say, you know, yeah, what you, I know, I complained a lot, but what you guys did on the beach, that's, it was great. It's, it's, sometimes it's hard to see the final result and yeah. where it could go or, yeah. or the optics on, on how positive this could be for the community when an individual resident is thinking, okay, well, parking's going to get busier or traffic's going to get worse. Yeah. But there's so many positives that come along with that. And seeing that at the end and reflecting back on how they were, that probably brings you a lot of uh, a lot of a lot of pride, a lot of gratification. Yeah. To see something from the beginning, even before you got involved, yeah. you were able to get involved and help push those initiatives along, and get on some of that political will, right? Yeah. Uh, and that's a big difference between you and some other politicians. There's, I said this before, career politicians do what they need to do to keep getting reelected. Yeah. Someone who's there. A man of the people like yourself who listens to their community can see that okay this is what you're telling me but really this is in your best interest it is I'm a resident here too and this is good for all of us uh, and seeing that through and getting that feedback at the end of it from someone who complained along the way especially <laughs> yeah probably brings you a lot of gratification a lot of gratitude from them and just seeing the city evolve changes your home yeah right you live here you work here. That's this is home. This is it. I mean, it's. it's I I grew up here. I spend my time here. I, I pay taxes here. My kids my kids go to school here. This is home, and that's the only reason I do what I do. It's uh, you know it's, I ran for the job. I'm and I'm really very happy that I am mayor. But trust me, there's uh, you know there, there's there's always a side of every politician who who gets anything done who looks at it and says, boy, do I really want to do this? Because it's it's you know those 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 hits they hurt. People don't realize it. I mean, people say, oh, it's, hey, it's politics. Yeah, but I'll tell you what, you know, when, when my wife reads the comments and all this kind of stuff, it's, it's tough, man. <laughs> is, um, is your wife your biggest supporter? Uh, of course, yeah, yeah. That's my, my wife and my kids. Yeah, my, I think my kids probably, uh, they're, they're right up there, too. I think they're pr pretty proud of what, uh, what the old man's done. Well, they have to be. Yeah. They have to be. You've done some great things. Um, speaking of family, mm -hmm. 
having a family support you, number one, would not allow you to do, having a non-supportive family would not allow you to do what you do right now. Absolutely. So thank you to them. Yeah. And thank their you. sacrifices, because yeah. they're sacrificing as well. Um, but taking that family and how, how much of a family man you are and how much you care about your city, that doesn't leave a whole lot of time in between there. How do you balance your love for your family and their need for your time, the city and their need for your time and your love for the city, with having to make money somewhere along the yeah, way? Yeah. How do you balance all of that? How do you find the, t- the how do you find the time? Oh man, that's, it's you don't. To be honest with you, you don't. There there isn't there aren't enough hours in the day. So you have to pick and choose. And you and yeah, things get left along the side. I, I have to admit, doing what I do. Especially in politics, it's because politics, it's not like a nine to five. It's just, it's, you know, I got a couple hours here, a couple hours there, a couple hours here, but it occupies just so much of your day that, yeah, things get missed. Things get missed at home. And that's, that's it. I mean, that's my family really is there. They're so supportive, um, but they also understand why I'm doing it. And that's, that's, but it's a big trade-off because, yeah, yeah I, I, try, I try to do as much as I can, and I've tried to do as much as I can with my kids as they're growing up. But, yeah, I've, I've missed, missed family time with my, my wife, my kids. It's, it's tough. Um, as far as dollars go, yeah, you still have to make a living. I mean, it's being a city commissioner or mayor, that doesn't pay the bills, so you have to go out there and actually still have a business or work a job. And, and you know, it's so, yeah, I've been in the printing business. Also, of course, you know I'm in the real estate business now. Um, still trying to make a few bucks, but I need the flexibility in whatever I do because I can't just go work a nine to five job and be the mayor of the city of Pompano Beach. That's, it's, it's really, it's like one or the other. I think I would feel a certain type of way if I got a job application for you. <laughs> Looking to work a nine to five job as the mayor of Pompano yeah, Beach. Yeah. That would, I'd get a good chuckle out of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so having that flexibility that the, the, the home support the, the desire and the drive to, to push the city of Pompano and continue to evolve because you're not done yet. No. You're not no. done in the city of Pompano. No, 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 no. We have, this, is, this is, I mean, honestly, this is, it's, it's getting into the fun time of being the mayor of Pompano Beach right now because we have so many neat things happening right now and on the horizon. Just, just, we're just on the cusp of, of great things happening in the city of Pompano Beach. I mean, you look at what we've done so far, but man, Pompano Beach has got a long way to go, and it's it's exciting. It's exciting what is going on. So, right. yeah. so you just alluded to something, and I'm going to ask you. So what it, what can you tell us is ahead for the city of Pompano? What are you most excited about that you can tell us? Most excited? I mean, it's, and it's off the beach area, sorry, but because uh, the beach area, the, the beach area is great. It really is. But uh, the most excited thing I'm excited about for the city of Pompano Beach is our northwest section. And that's that's the area that uh, we are looking at to make to create our new downtown in, and that's uh, the area between Atlantic Boulevard, up to Martin Luther King, and all all the way from Dixie Highway to I-95. The city and the and our CRA, that's Community Redevelopment Agency, we own a tremendous amount of property in that rectangular area, and we are now looking for a a partner, a developer partner, to come in and partner with us and redo that entire area basically and not 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 displace because there's businesses there right now not displace businesses but to in- incorporate businesses and create new businesses and and create a new downtown and we're talking hotels convention center um, residential component entertainment areas we're, we're talking I mean yeah you the from soup to nuts 
Um, we're, we're thinking about perhaps moving our city hall from where it currently is into that downtown area as part of this process. So, and this isn't—I mean, this isn't a two-year process. This, oh no! This—I mean, this is the kind of thing that takes you know 20 years or more to actually accomplish long term. But you've got to start somewhere, and it's—but it's. But it's what that's going to do is that is going to just inject a tremendous amount of money and capital into that area, mm -hmm. which the spillover effects into the entire northwest Pompano Beach area is really, that's, and that's, that's always been my dream, is northwest Pompano. Because anybody who knows Pompano knows our northwest area, it is, it's underdeveloped, it's, it's impoverished, it's... It's it's been, uh, it's been left on its own. Yes, it has. I mean, I, we've 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 poured a bunch of money in there, and we continue to pour a bunch of money in there to do various projects. But it's just such a large area, and it's been historically the the less less uh, improved area of the city, and it needs so much. But this is really going to change that area. Oh, I completely agree. When you get off ninety five, yeah. you're heading east, and you you kind of don't know where you are that you're really in Pompano until yeah. you cross Dixie right and then you get into all the areas that have started being redeveloped right yeah they've been improved the fascia of the of the shopping centers give you a more welcoming feel you get all the way down to the beach and you've already kind of set your expectation as you're going down there so that first section is definitely where you can make an impact I'd love to hear that yeah so that's that's hugely exciting I mean we got other things going on in Pompano Beach I mean that's out around the casino um, that's a, that's going to be private development out there, but but yeah, seriously, the most exciting thing in my book is that downtown area because that's going to be such a transformational change for the city and and the people that reside here. And, and it's just and that's something huge. you've seen since the '60s when you first oh, got yeah. here. Yeah. So I don't think we've ever spoken about this, but um, I've been coming to Pompano Beach since I was six years old. Oh wow! Okay. And I grew up in Northern Virginia, nowhere close. Why would we come down to Pompano Beach and? It was, my grandparents had a place down here in Palmaire, so every winter break we would drive down, horrendous drive, from <laughs> Northern Virginia down to Florida. You see me in the back seat, cramped up in the back. We had three three kids, right? The youngest of three. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting in the back back of the third row, forgotten. Um, they never locked, left me in the car and locked me in. But So coming down here, I've been coming to Pompano Beach that long, and being a Jewish family, we don't do Christmas dinner, right? Especially mm -hmm. growing up. So my Christmas dinner was the Peking Chinese place, literally three doors away right yeah. now, that's still there, and that hasn't changed. Pompano is still Pompano. Yeah. It's just a different feel when you get here. Yeah. Uh, it, really, it really is. So your plans for the future, and I want to tie this back in with this redevelopment and how excited you are for this. Uh, that will improve things not only for that local area, the city in, in its entirety, but we're going to bring this back into real estate. Mm. Property values will go up. Oh, huge, huge. That is an automatic, whenever you're redeveloping, you're adding more, more employment, you're adding more jobs, more business, more commerce, more tourism through the convention center and the hotel you mentioned, yeah. uh, the shopping center, even the private development is going, going to assist with all of that. But with property values going up, they already have. I mean, you talk about 10, 15 years ago in Pompano, it's not what it is today. Yeah. You know, and it, it has stretched out from Fort Lauderdale coming north to what you guys have done here to make it a more welcoming place to live. But are you ever concerned that this development will price things out of where people are now? Well, there's, uh, that, that, is, that is a huge fear for everyone. Of course it is. But... And it will happen that there will be a time where, okay, somebody can't afford to buy something. But the way I look at it, 
for the area that we're talking about, the, the, the northwest section of Pompano, <clears throat> that area, what's, what is, what, what creates, what is the, what, what vehicle you know, historically has created long-term wealth? Real estate, for sure. Exactly, Absolutely. exactly. But not just real estate. What has to happen to create that long-term wealth with real estate? Uh, home ownership, not renting. Correct. And escalating prices. Very true. Okay. Um, when, when my mom and dad finally passed away and my sister and I, we sold their house, we had a financial windfall. Okay. That's creating generational wealth. But that, it only happens because property values go up. If property values in an area don't go up, you don't have that wealth building accumulation taking place. So it's, it's much more difficult to break a, 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 a poverty in an area if you don't have rising property values. So the plan is that we will have rising property values. But in Florida, of course, everybody who, owns pro, who, own, who is living in their own home is protected by homestead. Even though your property values go up, your taxes aren't going up, okay? which, of course, that creates some problems in and of itself because you've got one person paying 5000 a year in taxes versus somebody paying 200 a year, but that's, that's a different story. <laughs> but the increase in property values in the northwest section is going to create generational wealth building, which that's, I mean, that's huge. That changes people's lives long term. Yes, pricing people out of an, an area is a problem, and that's a problem that the city of Pompano Beach, myself, um, well, I don't necessarily mean pricing them out of an area. That's that I maybe phrase that incorrectly. Um, what you I, the angle that you just explained to me, mm -hmm. I wasn't even thinking about. I, that's, I wasn't. That's that's what you know. That's what you know. Government people do. And I love I love to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So by increasing the property value for the people that are, yes, the general city of Pompano, but even more so the Northwest Corridor. Yeah. Those you're you're helping those people even more. Yeah, their property value goes up when they turn around and go to sell, or God forbid, their you know their ultimate demise, and it goes to their their heirs. You've created more wealth for that individual family and that individual person because their house can sell for more. Yes, that house is worth more when it's passed down. Yes, and it's creating more of a long term impact where you didn't even think that you were going. I mean, that's, that's it. I mean, it, it, it all kind of goes together to try and help people. And that's, that's really it. And I know it's scary to some people thinking, well, wait a minute, I'm not going to be able to afford to live there anymore. No, you will be able to. If that's your house, of course, we want you to live there. You're, you're the fabric of this community. We don't want people forced out of their homes, and they won't be. But when the time comes, which, I mean, that's, that's I, I'm, I'm in real estate. I talk to people all the time. You're not ready to sell now, I know, but at some point in time, you may decide that it's, it's, it's time to look at buying or selling something else. And when they, those folks decide it's time to buy or sell, for whatever reason, they will have a much larger amount of cash that they can then pass on or use just to better their lives. Um, and that's, that's really what it's about. It's, it's creating better conditions for people to live. And that's, that, I mean, that's, that's why we do this. We don't just do it to have pretty buildings. Um, and so the spillover effects are really, they're tremendous for that area. So much more valuable than yes. the initial. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it, and it, and it will. It, it will create generational wealth and, and accumulation out there. And, and, you know, if people really want to invest in, in an area, that's a good area to invest in. I mean, because it's, it's, there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of investment in that area. Taking notes. Yeah, yeah. Setting my MLS search. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, with the evolution of Pompano, we're, this is probably the last point on the evolution, and sure. then we'll, we'll digress into something else. But it, with Pompano going from being 
this coastal town, I'm going to call it a town previously, Mm -hmm. um, and evolving into more of a city destination. This changes things for the residents. This establishes that generational wealth capability that may not have been there for 30, 40, 50, 60 years before, but they do have it now. So how will that impact other outside businesses or other outside influences or investments or somebody coming to you after the fact? What kind of doors does that open for the community? Well, I mean, that's a, I mean, what's going on in Pompano Beach? It is. It's. It's. It's creating. Uh, I mean, people are looking at this area like never before. So, we already have a Whole Foods. Yeah, so. uh, it's. I mean, <laughs> that's it. I mean, we're looking to attract major corporate headquarters. We're looking, and it, I mean, it's. It's. We're not just this little seaside town any longer. We are a major. Well, we we are part of a major metropolitan area, but we are becoming a shining star all all our on our own. Um, so Fort Lauderdale, they've got their vision. They've got their, you know, their core downtown area, which we never want that in Pompano. Pompano is, is a different kind of place. Pompano is more of a town feeling. It's more, but you know, some people, they want that. They don't want the hustle and bustle of a Fort Lauderdale or even worse, the hustle and, hustle and bustle of a Miami. And yes, so we've got major, major corporations, which are coming to Pompano and looking to relocate in this area, which that creates the jobs that then pay the wages so that then, you know, they can afford to purchase the homes. Uh, it's, I mean, it, it just, it all dovetails together and it's, but it's, it takes investment in the community to make that happen. And that's what we have been doing in the city of Pompano Beach. And that's investing in our community to make it more of a, more of a vibrant, more of an, a, an attractive area for outsiders. We want to make it great for ourselves, our residents, our current residents, but without, the growth coming in, we're not going to have that outside outside um, influence to really feed what we what we all want for our, our own hometown. Right. Um, it's it's just, I mean there's so much so many different angles. I mean it's you know educational aspects. We've been looking at creating creating our own charter school here in Pompano Beach to try and give another educational opportunity op, option for those who might look at the Broward County school systems and say, well, wait a minute, eh, the schools aren't so great in that area. So we, we're looking at a lot of different things to position Pompano Beach to really be a star. And that's, that's, that's where I think we are. Okay. So we, we had to go through this little thing, worldwide pandemic, <laughs> AKA COVID, <laughs> yeah. right? And working with consumers, buyers and sellers, you've seen a lot of a transition from the major concentrated high density cities into more communities like Pompano Beach, like Deerfield Beach, like heading out west, going further north, mm-hmm. et cetera, in our local area. And that has changed things drastically for the not only the residents that were here, but the residents that have now moved here have kind of not necessarily changed the community for good or bad, but they've expanded the community, right? So how have you seen things change due to COVID? And is there anything that you are doing differently now than before? Well, I mean, we're being more careful as far as, <laughs> you know, washing our hands and everything like that. But um, yeah, it really has. It's changed a lot in the city of Pompano Beach because, as you pointed out, people have moved from the more, more high-dense areas and they realize that they don't need to live in those high-dense areas and to, to do what they do. Um, a lot of remote working and stuff like that, it still goes on. And, and honestly, people just wanted to get out of the, out of the closed-in areas because in Florida, in Pompano Beach, I mean, when, when we, even when we were locked down, you were able to go out in your backyard, you were able to, you know, do things. But if you're in an apartment in New York City or something like that, I mean, you were just trapped. So, of course, you know, that brought a lot of people down here. But one of the, one of the good things is that, yeah, I mean, from a real estate a- aspect, of course, it drove prices up. 
um, which that's good. I mean, that's good for everybody, really, if you think about it, because the, the people that own the property, their property is now worth more money. It's, it's good for real estate um, because now you can sell it for more. But, uh, but yeah, it, it has changed the, the entire landscape down here, and it will continue to. As far as, you know, how we've changed things as far as, as, far as COVID, I mean, we've implemented, we, no, nobody heard of Zoom before. Now I'm on Zooms like every day, Zoom meetings. I mean, it's just, it, it has changed the way we do business. Um, it's, it's a different world now, and it really is. So those, those city commission meetings that, that previously you would go, you'd have to sit in person, et cetera, they were pretty closed unless a, a resident went and physically attended the meeting. Mm -hmm. Is that changed now? Are things more accessible? Well, with, we, we had already taken the step as far as the city commission meetings to allow the public to view our city commission meetings if they, if they don't want to, now they can't participate remotely, but they can view it. Um, but we did, of course, during the, the height of the pandemic, we actually did hold Zoom city commission meetings. Um, but it's, the state law is such that you have to be careful about that because you have to, you, know, you have to have a quorum and things of this nature. So it's, it's difficult to, to, to continue that without the true emergency nature that we had. Um, but yeah, the, the residents and, and others who want to watch our meetings, they've always been able to for many, many years. Um, in fact, that was something I started years ago, is, is our, the city going on the internet. I, I was actually the city commissioner that first proposed that back in the day. Um, so yeah, we've always been very accessible as far as viewing the city commission meetings for folks who don't want to come to the meeting because yeah, honestly, it's, you know, people don't have time to come to a city commission meeting and, and spend the time to go there, but they still want to know what's going on. They want to watch the meeting later on or, or on their computer and things like that. So we do that. It's, uh, it's just trying to communicate with the public, and that's really what it's all about. Let people know Transparency. What's, yes, transparency. transparency. Which, yeah. The, so nothing in real estate, well, let me go back. Everything in real estate, and I'm sure politics, this kind of correlates, can be controversial. Mm, and yeah. you can be walking a fine line with everything that you are doing, whether it's an initiative that's absolutely 100% for the people or if it's establishing more regulations to restrict what people are doing. There's always controversy, right? Yes. A real estate transaction, listing agent, buying agent, if they catch each other in a dark alley, yeah, it might be harmonious, but it could be pretty controversial at the same time. <laughs> so with that kind of going the same way, they're both going along the same. When you are running for office, you may or may not have a relationship with the person on the other side. You, and this goes back from city commission all the way up to date. Mm -hmm. You may or may not have a, a, a relationship. That relationship may or may not be positive. It might be negative. Who knows? So everyone that's running for these offices are typically members of the community, right? Yeah, absolutely. So when you're going through that and you're almost adversarial with the other person in the campaign, how do you get past that and then go forward and work alongside or work for that person, really? Because as the mayor, you're working for them as a resident of the community. Sure. So how do you get past that? And the correlation I'm trying to make here is when you are at ends in a real estate transaction, buyer versus seller, agent versus agent, broker versus broker, whatever it might be, agent versus attorney, client versus attorney, everybody versus attorney, um, <laughs> how do you get past that? And then look for the bigger picture of, yeah, you weren't what you were against me, but now we can do this together for a better for a better purpose. Well, I can only speak for myself. I don't know how other people do it, but I've I've always had a knack for remembering that it's not personal, and at the the final analysis is we 
whether it's politics or real estate, or we are here to represent other people. I'm, I'm elected to be a representative of the people. I represent the people, okay? I don't represent Rex Hart. Now, I am one of the people, uh, so I do represent myself. But by and large, I am here to be a representative of the people. That's who I'm serving. So I don't care if I've got to sit across the table and work with City Commissioner Attila the Hun. If I can make things better for the people I represent, I can deal with that person. And if that person said mean, nasty things about me, that's okay. I'm, I've got big shoulders. I can take it. Uh, like I said, my wife doesn't like it, but it's I can deal with it. Um, but I always kind of just get back to focusing on what it is I'm trying to accomplish. I'm trying to accomplish something for those that I represent. And for that reason, it's like, well, no, I, I just I suck it up. And it's like, okay, I understand. We, we had differing views on this, but this is a new day. This is a different topic. Let's, let's try and make some headway on this. And, you know, it's, you just can't take it personal. I know it's, it's hard uh, because it is personal. It's your life. I mean, as, as I spoke earlier about it, it's like, yeah, people say some pretty mean, evil, nasty things sometimes. But you just have to realize, well, we've all got emotions. We've all got, got things that perhaps we didn't want to say or didn't wish we hadn't said. But at the end of the day, to get anything done, you have to get beyond that. And you have to just focus on, okay, what am I here for? I'm not here for Rex Harden. I'm here for the city of Pompano Beach and what I can do, what I can deliver for the residents and visitors and businesses in the city. So for that reason, I can deal with anybody. Uh, and luckily, it's, I mean, there's, there's, there's folks I don't necessarily care, care for, but I can still deal with them. I mean, it's a side for the bigger picture. That's it. Uh, you know, and that's, I mean, people still call me names sometimes and I, and I still deal with them respectfully and that's the way it should be. I'm a representative of the people and I will, I will treat everyone with equal respect. I feel, I feel like that gets lost mm. sometimes on the, on the political landscape. Yes. You were elected by the people. You're here for the people. Um, when you were running, you've been backed by the local realtor associations during your campaign, and that is because of your mentality mm -hmm. for the people, the homeowners, the, the evolution and the development of the community around and for the greater good of the community itself. So being that people person, you're, you keep yourself pretty available. Um, be, for the people that brought you on board, so give me a give me a story. Give me how you've gone above and beyond for you don't have to name names. Go <laughs> how you've gone above and beyond for a member of the community. As I know you've got rolled your sleeves up and gotten your hands dirty. I know you've gotten involved and helped, and in a positive way, of course. But how have you helped one member of the community where we would probably, as the public, not think that a mayor, an elected official would be willing to do so. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I, I've, got a, I've got a tried and true story that I use. It's from years ago, but a nice little old lady, um, she called me because she didn't know who else to call. And I'm, you know, I'm the elected official. She called me because she wasn't getting her mail delivered. And, you know, I mean, I, I've got nothing to do with the post office. The post office, that's, you know, that's like um, almost the federal government, but it's, it certainly is, is way above the, the local city government. But she wasn't getting her mail delivered, and she was just beside herself because she didn't know what to do. And she certainly didn't know anybody at the post office, but she figured I probably could do something, even though I really couldn't. Um, but um, she called, and I looked into it, and I did. I called the post office and said, hey, I've got this resident. She's got a problem. And it's, I mean, this is far outside my, 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 my boundaries. I, I've got, 
I've got no power. I've got no Im impact. I mean, it's like, you know, that's not, that's even outside the city government. I mean, I could go to my city manager and say, well, okay, look into this, but it's, he's going to say, well, we've we got nothing to do with this, with the post office. But I called the post office personally and I found out that, okay, and it turns out, yeah, there was a, a neighbor had a bad dog. And I explained to the post office, well, this lady, she's not getting her mail. It's not her dog. So how can we solve this? And that, that they did. They, they worked it out so they would go into her house through a side gate. And yeah, she was very appreciative. But I mean, that's, that's got nothing to do with city government. And yet there, I mean, that's, that's just, but that's what I do. I mean, that's, that's, what, that's what local politics is all about. It's, it's the closest to the people. It's the closest government to the people. And if you're doing your job as a local elected official, people are going to know who to call and they're going to call you because you've done your job to make yourself available to them. And so then it's up to you to actually deliver and help people. And that's, that's, you know, that's, I'm sure the person at the post office who received that phone call was, <laughs> Oh wow. The mayor is calling me for this lady. Okay. Well, let's, let's get to the bottom of this. Could be, could be. I mean, that's, I, I don't like to, you know, puff myself up like that, but it could, it could have a little more impact. I, <laughs> you, your your name carries a little bit of clout here, a little bit. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, before your pol your political career began, mm -hmm. and which is it's really giving back. I'm not gonna. I don't want to call it a career. It is a career, but I don't want to call it a career. Yeah. Your your political time um, before that, you've been in the commercial printing industry. Mm -hmm. That has changed and evolved quite a bit, as as you have. Mm -hmm. You're now an elected official. And you've transitioned, not fully transitioned, but you have started undertaking the real estate side of things and seeing what we see as realtors and brokers yeah. with transactions day in and day out, not seeing it from the outside. How would you compare the professionalism that you have seen in real estate compared to the political landscape? Well, I'll, I'll take the elephant in the room real quick. Okay. So there's good and bad people in any industry. Yes, there is. Okay. Yes, there is. And we all hold ourselves to a certain standard. You can choose to be professional or you can choose to not. Yes. And it depends on where your focus is. So how would you compare, I guess, the, the, the vast majority? Would you feel that the majority of politicians that you interact with have their heart in the right place? I think they do. Yes, it, yes. I, I would say that yes. Politicians generally, I mean, they're they're there for the right reason. Um, there are exceptions, of course, and that that's what people point to. They point to the exceptions, and it's and it's the same in any industry. It's the same in real estate, and it's and I wouldn't want to point to the exceptions as the rule. Right. But of course, as in politics, there are exceptions in real estate too. And and it, in my my short time in real estate, I've I've certainly learned that yeah, there are there are you know agents that just Bad apples. Yeah, I mean it's you know it's I mean you think they've they're they've got a, a they've got a client who wants to sell a piece of property. So if I've got a client who look is looking to buy that piece of property, you think they would at least call me back when I leave a message to to, to arrange a showing. But it's like it just doesn't happen. I was I was I've I've been flabbergasted to be honest with you by the real estate industry in that regard. I mean that's. Because I, I really didn't know much about the industry until I got into it, and it's like you know I just figured, well, okay, everybody does the right thing. Come on, it's and you're trying to do what you do in your political it, life. Yeah, it's, I want to help this person. You want to help that person. Yeah. We can help them together. Yeah, and we can do something great, <laughs> right? So cro crossing over into real estate, you've taken some of these values that you've 
grown with, you, you've learned as a child, you've applied into all aspects of your life of, of doing the right thing, representing the consumer, representing the member of the public on the political side, mm -hmm. and, and overall just going over that common goal and, and bringing everything back for that purpose. So when we're talking about a real estate transaction, it can be very adversarial. And this is how I'm tying back into the politics side, yeah. the political side. Uh, so in a campaign, it's very adversarial. I mean, you see, we see this on TV as members of the public. Yeah. Advertisements paid by the competitor uh, shaming that individual candidate, which um, can be a lot like real estate. And why we have the code of ethics that we have, you know, speaking honestly and fairly about everyone not being not spreading rumors about other people and their practices etc and when you encounter these people trying to overcome that those bad apples right overcoming that and it gives you a certain type of feeling when you can't get that done when you have to tell your consumer like i want to help you but i can't because of them yeah and trying to overcome that and circumvent that problem to actually get into solving your consumers problem they're answering the question of their need which is a place to live right so continuing down that path we have issues in our industry that are unsurmountable by an individual professional by an individual consumer and some things have to change right so as that evolves and Pompano continues to evolve and your role continues to evolve which I hope you'll stay in Yes, yes, I plan to. Okay. Well, <laughs> I will support you again. Okay. Um, seeing that continue down that pathway and being able to answer that question, does that give you a newfound respect for those professionals within real estate? Or what is a piece of advice that you could give other professionals within the real estate industry so they can have that right mindset and kind of get over that hump and find their why and find their purpose as you have? Well, just overlook overlook the issues. I mean, it's we're, we're, when you encounter a situation which is a, a, an unpleasant situation. Okay, get through it as quickly as possible. Number one, um, but don't cut any corners. But I mean, just just move beyond it. Remember, kind of like politics, kind of like the way I look at uh, serving the residents in real estate. We're here to serve our client. Now look, there's, you may, your client may have this idea of, okay, I'm looking for this, looking for this, but when you pick up the phone and you try and call somebody and you don't get a call back to get a showing, well, there's a lot of other properties out there. I mean, that's just, that's, that's, that's a great situation to be in. So not to just overlook that particular property, but remember there's an awful lot of, awful lot of other fish in the sea, so to, so to speak, that you can solve your client's issue with and just move beyond it and just remember that you are part of the good in, part of the industry, and, and stick with that. Stay with that. Um, always, always try and do better than than somebody else, because that's the only way that we can actually make politics or real estate or anything else better overall. Is just keep striving to do the best we possibly can, and and, and don't worry about you know those those other folks that that don't do the right thing, that don't don't measure up to what your benchmark is for uh, the 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 way. A real estate agent ought to operate or a politician ought to operate don't worry about those folks usually they won't last they won't they won't make it long term they will be exposed one way or another whether it's through the code of ethics or to the voters uh, who vote them out of office there's 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 checks and balances in everything and just don't get don't get tied up in it it's move beyond it 
Come on, remember what you're there for. You're there to solve somebody's problem. And there's, a, all, there's always multiple ways to solve the same problem. So don't worry if you encounter a bad situation, just shift, okay? Make, make it a good situation with some, some, other, some other real estate agent, some other piece of property. I mean, sometimes if you have to though, it's like, well, um, you, there are rules that cover these kind of things. And sometimes you do, you have to, you have to I mean, in politics too. I mean, it, there are a lot of similarities between politics and real estate as far as the rules and regulations that we all have to follow. Because as a real estate agent, yeah, of course, we've got the code of ethics, we've got, you know, DPA and R and all this kind of stuff. Well, politics, we've got, you know, mounds of rules also. And if, I mean, if it's bad enough, then yeah, sometimes you really do just have to call in the rule, um, the rule folks and just, you know, hurry things along. So hopefully that person will be out of the business sooner rather than later. And same thing with politics. Sometimes uh, they work themselves out. Yep. Um, yeah. But yeah, like I said, it's, there's, there's an awful lot of ways to solve the same problem, whether it's a client who's looking for a home to live in or it's, uh, or it's an issue you're dealing with at the city. There's an awful lot of ways to solve that problem. And, and, and if you encounter somebody who won't return your phone call, who won't deal with you on, on an honest basis um, to solve that, that political situation, then just shift aside. I mean, there's another way to do it. And it's just, you know, keep trying. Don't give up. Don't, don't get upset. It's not personal. That's, that's, you got to remember, it's not personal. The person who is not doing the right thing, they're not trying to insult you. They're making themselves look bad, but they're not trying to insult you. Uh, it's just, it's unfortunate that sometimes there are folks like that in, in every industry. So the reason that you got into the, to the political landscape, if you see something that can be done better, get yourself involved oh, yeah. and be the change, Yeah. but never lose sight of why you're there. That's noble. Thanks, Rex.